Shepherd High. And we are still continuing in the series of, they call it home. Uh, and we will we'll get back to some other things within the family unit. But with that, uh, keeping the focus right in the home is huge. And last week we looked at uh, hold the standard high, and I didn't, I didn't finish my message. Uh, we did not do the handoff. Uh, there, was, there was a handoff that needed to transpire uh, from one generation to the next, and, uh, and just with, with timing, and uh, I, I just didn't feel like I could finish that, that message. And so I'm going to preach that message again tonight. Just kidding. Uh, there are a lot of people that think, oh, you have a message on Sunday morning, and then you have another uh, message Sunday night and Wednesday night, and they think that they're all the same message, and uh, that is, of course, not the case. Uh, but last Sunday, I did preach that, and with that, there has to be another group of spiritual leaders that are going to take that, that banner. But it's not just the spiritual leaders within the church that need to take that stand. We need to have spiritual leadership in every home. Every home has to determine what their home is going to be. Whether their home is going to be a Christian home. And just because we are saved does not mean that we have a Christian home. The word Christian means Christ-like. So being saved, and we utilize that title of being a Christian, uh, and, it, and we use it, I mean, somebody says, are you a Christian? It's a badge of honor. Yes, I am a Christian. But the term Christian uh, was first in Antioch, and it was during a time of great persecution. And that term was used as in they looked at uh, these people who reminded them of this man named Christ whom they had just crucified. You remind us of him. You are a Christian. It was not a badge of honor. It wasn't a popular statement or use. It was a negative slam. Uh, but for the believer, Christ is never negative. And if we can be identified with him, that is always a blessing. And so we have to have that spiritual group of leaders that are going to uh, take that banner. But with that, there, there has to be those that feel like they are that next leader. It's one thing to have somebody up here holding a banner as an illustration it's something else for somebody to say, I'm going to be that person. I'm going to be that person, maybe not for a nation, maybe not for a state, maybe not for an entire ministry, but for me, for my house. Joshua said, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You know what I love about that? Joshua's kids were grown. Joshua, he was, not, he was not the parent of small children saying, we're going to serve the Lord. He was saying that when his kids were all grown. 
He was saying, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And, uh, and with this, uh, I know some of you, you have, you have children that aren't serving the Lord, or you have children that are outside the home, and they're, maybe they're going a different direction. Uh, these, these messages are not to beat you up at all. But they are to help some who have not lost their kids. And a lot of the things that, that we have learned and taught, they are things that we learned after our kids were already grown. Isn't it amazing all the things you, you hear later? You read a book? I mean, the honest truth is, how many books did we really read when our kids were small? Man, I didn't have time to read a book when my kids were small. And, and, and we did, but, but not like it has been after our kids have grown up. And so as we are going through these, uh, I pray that it would be a help, a blessing. But we looked uh, at the importance uh, of the church and uh, holding that standard high and making sure that we don't let the church uh, drop uh, in its mission and the standard uh, of who we are as believers and holding that banner high and not changing and staying true to truth. We need to stay true to truth and uh, staying true to uh, the mission uh, of, of the church and uh, the, uh, uh, the message of the church and the, the blood and the book and uh, the body, the blood. Not just shed blood, but applied blood. Uh, and not just any book, uh, but the King James Bible, the Bible, the Word of God, uh, and holding on to that. Uh, and there are, everything's changing in this world around us. And then the body. Uh, the local autonomous uh, church, the local body of believers. And that has, that has been minimized. And with that, we, we want to hold those standards high. But with that, if the church is going to be what it needs to be, then the home has to be what it's supposed to be. And it's not one or the other. It can be both. They, there's, a, there's a broadcast, Focus on the Family, and I'm not anti-focusing on the family. We've been focusing on the family for the last six weeks just uh, in this series. But, but the reality is the focus isn't on the family. The focus has to be on the Lord. And when we have our focus on Him then everything else will come into view properly. So where is the central focus of the family supposed to be? And tonight I want to preach you on that topic, the focus of the family. The focus of the family. And let's pray. Father, I pray that you'd help us tonight. Thank you for these that are here and those that are watching online. And may you uh, allow us to be helped and strengthened. I pray that uh, if we are uh, veering and allowing our focus to shift a little bit, I pray that you would help us to push that reset button. Uh, so work in each person's life tonight, please, for Christ's sake. Amen. During the wilderness wanderings, the people of God would follow the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. If that pillar of cloud or fire was moving, then the people of God were moving. But when, when it would stop, 
then God's people would stop. And when God's people would stop, the first thing that they would do is they would begin to assemble the tabernacle. The tabernacle was that holy place. It was the place where the Spirit of God dwelt among his people. Uh, Acts chapter 7 tells us that that tabernacle was referred to as the church in the wilderness. And, and that, uh, uh, that tabernacle, it was a very special place. And uh, it had the tent or the, uh, uh, the curtains that would go around the outside of the courtyard. And uh, on the eastern side, when you walked in uh, to the gates into that courtyard, you would have the brazen altar where the sacrifices would be made. And, uh, and then you would uh, go to the laver. And after the high priest would, uh, the priest would uh, offer those sacrifices they would go to the laver and the laver the priests would be uh, Levites would be dumping pouring water in and it was like a big bird bath uh, and that water as they were pouring it in it would flow out off the top and they would wash their hands in that running water and so the sacrifice from the sacrifice to the cleansing and then they would go into the eastern side uh, of that uh, uh, tabernacle and it was a tent uh, all the way around is divided into two places. Uh, the eastern side uh, was the uh, holy place, and then there was a division between the holy place and the most holy place. And the most holy place uh, was divided with that curtain. And uh, that curtain was uh, a divisive, it was a divider uh, between the Spirit of God and man. Uh, and man could not just enter in. And only one time a year could the high priest enter in on the Day of Atonement into that holy place. Uh, the, holy of, uh, the holy place, so you had the holy place and the holy of holies. And he could only go into that holy of holies uh, one time during the year. Uh, but the, uh, the priests would uh, go in and, and when he'd walk in and first thing you would see right here would be the table of showbread and it would be on the side here and uh, then you would have uh, the altar of incense that represented the prayers of the saints which would be straight away and to the left it would be the golden candlestick and uh, the, uh, the, uh, uh, the light that was there. But then that, that curtain, that curtain that represented Christ. And that veil, it separated, and Christ is the mediator between God and man. And that curtain, when Christ said, it is finished, it was rent from the top to the bottom. And you go in and you look at the, the height of, uh, of these and uh, the, the, uh, the thickness of these curtains and it was ripped from the top to the bottom, uh, separating and realizing and showing that, uh, that man now, there was, no, uh, there was nothing between God and man. Christ uh, paid that uh, price for us. And so uh, the, the holy place, this, this tabernacle, this church in the wilderness, uh, it was an important place. It was, it was representative of their relationship with God. Everything revolved around that tabernacle. But not only did everything revolve around it in their spiritual life, their personal life revolved around it. 
the Levites would, when they would establish the tabernacle, the Levites, they would encircle the, the uh, uh, tabernacle and their tents were around the tabernacle completely because they were uh, the priests. They were the servants uh, of God that took care of the tabernacle. And so they were the first uh, line of defense there. But then you had uh, God appointing each tribe of the 12 tribes or the 11 tribes. Uh, Levites were around the entire tabernacle. And then the other tribes were, uh, were told where they were to, to be, whether they were going to be on the uh, south side or the west side or uh, the uh, uh, north side of the tabernacle. And each one of the tribes, uh, they would divide up in their tribe and they would also divide up with their families. They would have that banner that we talked about last week for each tribe. But it was not just a banner for each tribe. There was also a banner for each family. And each family had their, their banner. And that banner was put out and their family would would each, as they would gather together, and it wasn't everybody in one tent, they had big families, and, uh, and so uh, with that, each family would be identified by the banner for that home. But what we find is, every one of those, every one of those tents, all around the tabernacle, all the doors opened facing the tabernacle. Can you imagine every day when you woke up and you walked out, you saw the house of God? You know what that does? That just, that just helps get things started off right. And they would get up and they would walk outside that tent and uh, I can imagine uh, Mama and Daddy uh, having a, an issue and they go out of the tent so they're not arguing in front of the kids. And they go out and they start to bicker at each other and they look up. Whoops. What happens? They were facing the house of God. They could see that pillar of cloud over the top of them. They could see that pillar of fire. They could see that, that tabernacle that was there, that, that house of God, that church in the wilderness. And it was such a holy, uh, holy place. Uh, and, and this place, the tabernacle, was the very center point of the entire nation. The entire nation. Everybody was looking at the house of God. Everybody was revolving around the house of God. Now, does that mean that everybody was right with God? No. Does that mean that everybody had perfect homes? No. But we see that God had a plan. God had a plan for his people to have a focus. The focus for all 12 tribes was this, 
this tabernacle. It was a designated place. Uh, they were to surround uh, that uh, tabernacle. They say that there was a 2,000 uh, distant uh, cubit distance between the nearest tent uh, or uh, campsite, if you would, to the tabernacle uh, to keep it uh, separated. It was a holy place. It was not a common place. The, the tabernacle was a holy place. And you know, uh, the church, God doesn't dwell inside this building, uh, but this building ought to be a, a holy place to you. The house of God ought to be a holy place to you. Uh, the altar ought to be a holy place to you. These are not steps. They're not stairs. They're not steps. Do we use them that way? Yes. Uh, but, but decisions are made there. What is it? It's a place to, to bow. It's a place to, uh, to come before the Lord. It's, it's, a, it's a humbling place. It is a deciding place. And, uh, and the house of God ought to be a, a place where God works in your life and decisions are made and uh, you have allowed God to do something in your life. And uh, the holy, this, this tabernacle, it was a holy place. And it wasn't a place that the people were to become too familiar with. Not every Everybody or not just anybody uh, could even enter in to the tabernacle. It was a holy place. Tonight I want to look at just a couple points as we look at the focus of the family. And as we look at this as uh, just as uh, some things to learn to help us in our own mindset as we think about the home and we think about God and we think about the church. Uh, number one, every family should focus their lives around the, ho the house of God. Every family should focus their lives around the house of God. Now, we don't worship the church. But God works through the church. He is working in the church, through the church, to accomplish his will. Uh, just as the, these people, God had them go around the tabernacle, uh, the house of the, 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 uh, the tabernacle, they were, uh, it was helping their focus. And every family uh, should focus their lives around the house of God. Uh, and this is a local church. This is a local New Testament church. And we, our lives need to revolve around the church. Uh, and with that, uh, not a universal church. Church, not a not an invisible church. It's it's a local assembly of believers, and uh, it is it's it's not a universal church. It's not an invisible church, and let me say this as well: not an online church. Now there are people that are watching online right now, and that's their only opportunity. My mom, church for her is online. And, and with that, there are people, Ms. Frassi, uh, she's probably watching tonight. Uh, she was watching this morning, sent me a text about the service. Uh, in her time of, uh, of grieving, uh, she's, she's still focusing on the Lord. What a blessing. And, and with that, uh, that's probably why she has the grace and the help and the strength she needs. So, so with that, though, uh, the church is, is an assembly. It's not, the online church is a tool to help when people can't assemble. 
But it's not a it's not an excuse. It's not a get out. It's not a uh, something that you can uh, just choose uh, and and leave church out because church isn't convenient. I, I've had people tell me, "Well, pastor, it's just not convenient. I can watch church uh, on a different day, and it works with my schedule." And 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 I I get I get that, but it used to be that church was in your schedule. Church was part of the schedule, but something changed. And COVID changed, and that, that was a big deal for, for a lot of people. But uh, every family should focus their lives around the house of God, the church. Uh, the tent doors would face the tabernacle. Every family, every tribe, every individual, every family would, would be where God had instructed for them to be. Uh, it, was, it was not determined where they would uh, put their tent. They couldn't just put it wherever they wanted to put it. It was part of God's plan. He gave that instruction, and they had to assemble by family. They had to assemble by tribe, and they had to assemble in the location that God had prescribed for them in that scenario. Now, God hasn't given us that instruction. He hasn't told us where we need to live and uh, where we need to point our door. He hasn't done that, uh, and I'm not telling you to do that. Uh, but what I am telling you is uh, we are seeing what a nation looks like. We are seeing what churches look like when the focus is not around the house of God. We are seeing people just walking away from God. We're seeing that younger generation uh, not following the Lord. And so here, there was that instruction for them. And each family uh, would be where God had placed them. Uh, they didn't place themselves where they wanted. Uh, they followed God's instruction. If God placed you here, uh, then focus your, your tent door around the church. Focus your life around the church. Each family uh, needs to focus our life. If God places us here, then our, our face needs to be towards the church. Uh, our focus doesn't need to be towards our job. Our focus does not need to be on our financial situations or the entertainment schedules. Our focus needs to be on God. And when our focus is on the house of God, it, it gets us looking the right direction. And when we are looking the right direction, now uh, I am more likely to keep my focus uh, on God himself. Uh, and so we need to make sure that we are keeping our focus uh, around the house of God. Uh, it needs not to be about our, our jobs. It doesn't need to be about ball games and t-ball and little league and uh, basketball or volleyball or basket weaving or whatever it is. Uh, it just needs to be focused uh, on the house of God. Uh, the uh, doesn't need to be on fishing, camping, boating, skiing. We'll leave hunting out of this. Uh, and so uh, in my list, hunting is number one. Uh, and so, uh, you know, we got we to gotta make sure that we don't allow the things of this life to change our direction. We keep our direction set in the right way, and then we work all of those other things around it. God should not play second fiddle to anything. So, so let's keep our focus right. So number one, every family should focus their lives around the house of God. Number two, every family needs to stand for what their church stands for. 
That's called unity. You know, with, with the church, what we believe as a church with a mission, and what we believe as a church is Bible. All right? It's Bible. And that's what, that's what we got to stay focused on is what does God want us to do? Uh, but, but with that, uh, what, what does the church stand for? Uh, as a family, we need to stand for the same things that our church stands for. Uh, what, what is that? Uh, we, we stand for soul winning. Getting the gospel out. The Great Commission. You know, the Great Commission isn't a church mission. It is it is. Uh, it is believer mission. It is for all of us, but it is corporately as a church as well. And we need to make sure that we are all standing for uh, the mission uh, of the church and what the church stands for. Uh, this church has stood uh, for uh, getting the gospel out uh, for 50 years now. Praise the Lord. And for these 50 years, people have been saved uh, over and over and over again. We're getting bids on the roof. One of the guys that, uh, a contractor that gave us a bid on the roof, he said, well, we're going to have to give you a good deal because uh, when I was a child, I rode the bus uh, here and I got saved uh, when, I was, uh, uh, when I was a child. And so uh, I, can't, uh, I can't make a whole lot of money on God. And so, uh, you know, you run into that over and over again. Why? Because this church has stood for soul winning for all these years. The gospel, the mission, it is so important. But, but it will change. The church will change if the homes change. That's why we got to keep our focus around the house of God. That's why we got to keep our focus on what the church stands for because it will continue uh, keeping the church right. Uh, soul winning, separation. Come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord of hosts. And touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and I will be a father unto you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord of hosts. Uh, 1 Corinthians 6. God goes through. He has a plan. We are to be holy. 1 Peter. Uh, be holy, for I, the Lord thy God, am holy. You know, the message of holiness and righteousness that gets preached from this pulpit, uh, it should be lived in our homes. Amen. It shouldn't just be something that we endure uh, during a service and then go out and live like the devil during the week. We need to be holy. It needs to be represented in our homes. Why? Because we, we have assembled as a body of believers. We have come together uh, agreeing with the truths of the gospel and the word of God. And with that, that assembly of believers, if we are going to be a Effective in getting the gospel out and fulfilling the mission of Christ, then we have got to be doing it together. We have got to be in one accord. And we see that here. Uh, soul winning and separation. That soul winning and that separation. It needs to be personal separation, but it also needs to be ecclesiastical separation. Ecclesiastical separation. You know, there are, there are, Billy Graham was one of the greatest evangelists our nation has ever had. He, has, he saw more people saved than so many other 
preachers. He, he definitely, I, I had friends when I first got saved up in Washington. Uh, I had friends that went to a crusade uh, and got, they got saved at that crusade. And so uh, there were many, many, many people that they got saved. But there was, the ecclesiastical separation was broken down. And with that ecclesiastical separation being broken down, he would unite with people that did not believe the way that we believe. That did not even preach the same gospel. And they would, they would take and they would give those convert cards off to other, other denominations and people for follow-up. And even, even in some of, the, uh, some of the ones that we would not even consider Christian. And, and he used his platform to get the gospel out. But there was also some compromise that went along with it. You know, we can, the end does not justify the means. And with that, we see, we see a, the, the purpose of ecclesiastical separation. It's shown throughout scripture. And, and with that, We've, we've got to make sure that we are, we are standing for what we believe. Uh, so soul winning, separation, and sanctification, that's that holiness. There needs to be holiness. And each family, uh, these, these families that were revolving around uh, the tabernacle, uh, they were following the instructions that God gave to, to Moses. Uh, they weren't allowed to just uh, do whatever they wanted to do. Uh, we found a family that decided they wanted to do something different. And it was called, it was Korah. What happened with Korah? He rebelled against Moses and he brought in the princes and uh, other leaders. And what do we find? We find that there's this division and God ended up having to, to judge them. Uh, but, but we see that uh, the, the, uh, uh, the people, they were focused uh, around the tabernacle and every family uh, needs to stand for what the, their church stands for. Uh, this, uh, there, there was a culture uh, and conduct and manner of, of living that was passed down generation to generation. Why was that? Because their faith permeated every part of their life. And I think that's what God's plan is. It's not just that we add church to our life or we add Christ to our life. Christ who is our life. He is... It is all to be about him. And so uh, with this, uh, we see how uh, the word of God needs to be uh, lifted up. And we need to uh, look at uh, the house of God and, uh, and follow and look around. But families need to be in agreement uh, with, uh, the, uh, uh, with the church. Uh, we, we see the emphasis that Christ put on the church in the New Testament. Ephesians 5.25, he said, Husbands, love your wives even as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. The, the church is the bride. Church is the bride. The church needs to be prepared for his coming back. He's coming back. 
And with that, the church needs to be uh, uh, in a, uh, the church needs to be, uh, the fo- families need to be focused around the church here. Acts twenty twenty eight. take heed therefore unto yourselves and unto all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. The value that Christ has placed on the church, it should, it should resonate with the believer and we should be putting that same value on the church. Uh, why? Because Christ valued the church. So as the church fulfills the purposes of God and following the word of God and promoting the plan of God, the people of God should center their, their lives around the church. It's not that you, fo- you, you focus your, your life around just some institution that isn't following the Lord. It is as the church is going the direction uh, that it is supposed to be going and the believers are going, we just need to be focusing our church, our, our families around that. Uh, so the focus of the family is not the family. The focus of the family is the church. Now, with that, that means that the church has to be God-centered. If he is not, then, then there's a problem. If the church is not focused and God-centered, then, then that, that home would not want to go around it. But uh, the focus of the home has to be God-centered, and a God-centered home is a church-centered home because, that inst- because that's the institution that the Lord is working through, and the church is only as strong as the home is. Uh, they go hand in hand. So the central focus of the family should be the church, uh, God-centered. I have yet to see a family... Fo- Focus solely on the family that was God-focused. And there, the, the family unit is, it's the first, it was the first institution that the Lord started was the family. So we're not, we're not minimizing the family at all. But for the family to be what it needs to be, the family has to focus on the right things. What is it that keeps the family focused in the right direction? It's the church. So show me a, a family that is not, is not centered around the church that is centered on God. I have not seen one. They don't go together. Now, You can be focused on the church and not centered on God. But when you are focused on church, we are looking the right direction. And now it is a lot easier for us to get our individual focus on the Lord. So revolving around our lives around the church uh, is is so important. So the church uh, isn't here to give the family what it it needs. The family is here to give the church what it needs. When we were a little bit smaller, uh, we first came, uh, people would come in and visit, and almost always they'd come in and say, well, uh, what ministries do you have for my children? And what ministries do you have for the teenagers? And what do you have for uh, single moms? And what do you have for this or that or the other? And, And it was... We didn't have any of it. 
And with that, it was, okay, you know, we will have some of these, but uh, we need people to stick around. And, uh, and over and over again, it was, well, what do you have for me? You know what? As a child of God, it isn't about, we don't just come to church for what we get. We come to church and we should be giving. We should be adding uh, to, the, uh, to the, the church, to the body, that edification, that encouragement, that strengthening, uh, that care, that, co- that comfort. Uh, and so uh, we, we see that. So the, the tabernacle was the center focal point. Uh, it didn't change for the people. The people revolved around uh, the tabernacle, that church in the wilderness. 117 times in the, wor- the word church is used in the New Testament. It's the organization that God is working through uh, in this time. Uh, We are what we call in the church age. Uh, And so each family was to have a standard, a flag, a banner. Uh, They were to be uh, focused uh, around the tabernacle. They were identifying who they were and uh, uh, what they believed. And so each family would uh, focus around the tabernacle. Uh, Thirdly, I want you to see every church needs to glorify God. Every church needs to glorify God. Now, this building can't glorify God. So when we say that the church needs to glorify God, we're saying that the people of God who are in the church need to be glorifying God. Ephesians 3.21, the Bible says, Unto him be glory in the church. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus throughout ages, uh, throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. You know what? That's not supposed to stop. The church is to glorify God. And there needs to be glory. God needs to be glorified. And it needs to happen in the church. Uh, And that is in the assembly of the believers. The believers need to be glorifying God, bringing glory uh, to him. Uh, So the church needs to glorify God. The assembly of saved, baptized believers need to glorify God. The members, they need to glorify God. The people need to glorify God. The families need to glorify God. Do I need to keep on going here? Uh, We as uh, a church, we need to be glorifying God. But it's not just some some ideology or some idea of the church or the sign of the church or the name of the church or the buildings of the church. It is the people. And you and I, we're part of the church. So are we glorifying God? And we need to be glorifying God not just while we're assembled, We need to be glorifying God when we are away. We need to be glorifying God when when we're in our homes. I can imagine the Levites, as they encircled the tabernacle, they saw what was going on in the tents all around. Can you imagine if I was standing outside on your front porch? That's really what it was like. They had 
They had the priest all the way around the tabernacle, and that's where they lived. And they were between the people and the house of God. They saw everything that was going on. Every morning, they get out of their tent. Oh, there's the preacher's house. There's the temple. Can you say accountability? Well, I don't need that accountability. Good, I'm glad. What what do we see, though? We see God wants us to be in a good place. His ways work. They work. Does it mean that every family who focuses on the church, that their their marriage is going to be what it needs to be and their home will be what it needs to be and the kids will be what they need to be. No, everybody has personal responsibility and everybody can make decisions to choose what direction that they're going to go or not go. But I'll tell you that they have a whole lot better chance of following the Lord than those that don't. I don't want to give the devil any room. I want to see our kids serving the Lord 10 years from now. These these young people that are teenagers right now, I I want them to be the ones that are leading the Sunday school classes and doing the special music and preaching behind the pulpit. Who knows? Where are we going to find them? We've got to make sure that we are teaching them, leading them, guiding them. So the focus on the family. You're you're here tonight. Praise the Lord. All right? That's good. But we can be present without really being present. And we can can put on our, our Christian look. But it doesn't mean that when we walk back into our own personal life, that we are allowing our faith to to be exhibited. So the focus of the family, how's our focus? How's our focus, mom? The Holy Spirit of the home, you ladies, you have a huge impact in the spirit of the home. Men, where's our focus? If our focus gets too caught up in just our careers, our jobs, what we do, we we can get way off track. Let's not allow that to be the case. How's our focus, teenagers? Young people? We we're we're all making decisions which direction we're going. And we can choose to embrace or we can choose to reject. And so the focus of the family and the focus of the family uh, needs to be around uh, the house of God, the things of God, the people of God. Uh, in doing so, uh, helps our focus to be on God. We need to glorify uh, God. And that's what every church needs to do is to glorify God. And with that, as we are 
focusing on uh, around the revolving our life around the church, uh, it puts our focus around the things of God. And then we have a, an opportunity to participate in the mission uh, that God has for us to fulfill and the purposes of God uh, and uh, to build that relationship and to glorify God. So, so the churches need to glorify God. Church, churches in Yuba County, uh, Sutter County, NorCal, SoCal, the U.S the uh, Israel, all around the world. Uh, God's people, uh, they need to be assembling. Uh, they need to be allowing uh, their, their assembly to glorify God. And that needs to be a focus in our families. Uh, so when you get the direction of your focus aligned, you can dial in your focus on the Lord. But you have to be looking the right direction to begin with. And so focus the focus of the family. Father, I pray that you'd help us tonight. Thank you for uh, your people and just being here tonight and uh, listening. And I pray that our focus would be, uh, Lord, on you. And uh, with that, uh, the, the uh, purposes that you have given to us to live and to serve. Uh, and so I pray that you would just lead us and help us as we serve you. And so bless this uh, assembly of believers, this church. Help us, Lord, to glorify you the way you would want us to. But help our homes, Lord, to be what they need to be. For Christ's sake, we pray. Amen. Let's stand together. Uh, we'll have a short invitation. If the Lord spoke to your heart tonight, you come. You come. The focus of the family. Where's, where's our family focus? Is our, do our kids know where our focus is? Do you know where your focus is? Do we have focus?